This edition of the Weekly Standard Podcast is brought to you by TommyJohn.com, a revolution in men's underwear that focuses on fit, fabric, and function. Shirts that stay tucked. Socks that stay up and underwear that keeps everything in place whichever way a man moves. For 20% off your first purchase, visit TommyJohn.com slash Weekly Standard and use the promo code Weekly Standard. That's TommyJohn.com slash Weekly Standard, promo code Weekly Standard for 20% off. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Yes, another Weekly Standard Podcast sponsored by our friends at TommyJohn.com. And no, there is no surgery involved in that. It is menswear, underwear, socks, and T-shirts are absolutely great. But the reason I'm mentioning the uh, Tommy John sponsorship yet again is because sitting in the studio with me right now is Chris Deaton to talk baseball. And even though, like I said, there is no Tommy John, the underwear guys are not Tommy John, the surgery guys, because my ACL is still killing me. (laughs) But my clothes have never fit better. So that's where I am. So uh, what's going on? Tell, Tell us this fascinating addendum to the tragic story out of Miami. I think we all have heard at this point, uh, Jose Fernandez, the uh, essentially a wonderkin pitcher for the uh, Miami Marlins, just 24 years old, but he was a star by the time he turned 20, uh, passed away in a boating accident over the weekend. One of his friends on the team, a uh, second baseman named D. Gordon, he's been an all-star a couple of times, uh, had a rough year, was suspended for a while, but came back a few weeks ago, took it particularly hard, um, had custom t-shirts made, you know, in memoriam uh, right. and such, and he was the leadoff batter in their first game. Uh, uh, the Marlins' first game back after the weekend, and first he took a pitch uh, in the right-handed batter's box to honor Fernandez. He's a lefty. Took that one for a ball and uh, stepped over into the other batter, uh, the other batter's box, where and he normally bats. where he normally bats. And for a guy who, in twenty-three hundred plate appearances in his entire life, has hit eight home runs, smacks a three hundred eighty-foot shot. Uh, into right field, and the entire stadium just lost it. I mean, wow. I mean, the entire dugout sobbing, Gordon sobbing. Um, and it was just one of those baseball moments that there's a – I can't remember the documentarian. I, I quoted him in the piece that I wrote that earlier today. But he just said there's, there's something magical about a home run in that it just kind of seems to violate the space of the stadium. And you can think about, you know, home runs to win World Series like Bill Mazeroski and Joe Carter. But here you have something like this uh, where it's just deeply emotional and, you know, marks a terrible, awful point in time, but is also almost kind of a cathartic way to honor somebody who's passed and has kind of closed the book. We so. don't talk a ton of baseball on the Weekly Standard no. podcast. So for people who aren't fans, <laughs> explain... Uh, or tell this sure. young Cuban pitcher's yes. story. Well, he came over. He, he tried multiple times to defect from Cuba um, and was only successful after X number. I mean, it was you know far too many. Um, but the journey over here was tumultuous, not just because it's, you know, of course, somebody defecting with his family from Cuba. But at some point, um, somebody in his boat over here uh, fell overboard. And without thinking, he dove in comes to find out that it's his mother. And, you know, that's the sort of, you know, life experience that changes you forever. But that also kind of says something about the type of person that Fernandez was. I mean, he just went for it, man. Um, And that was, you know, people have said that this young man exuded uh, a a tremendous lust for life and had so much in common and meant so much to the Cuban, uh, Cuban-American community in Miami. His teammates revered him. Uh, his rivals feared him but respected him. This was one of the great talents of his generation. I mean, he had a fastball that touched the upper 90s. His breaking ball made 
It, it could have made Babe Ruth look stupid. I mean, this is the this is the type of singular pitch that you just don't. It's like Randy Johnson's slider. Right. You know, you only see a pitch like this once every twenty twenty five years. So, the guy was dominating. Uh, he was striking out ten batters per nine innings this year, which in baseball is just like it's an that's an astonishing number for a starting pitcher. Um, so he was a once in a generation talent, but he was also just this great kid that everybody loved. Yeah, it was like um, watching a little kid play that's right. baseball, and you know, uh, for people who have the league of their own, there's no uh-huh. crying in baseball kind of view. That was not his view. His baseball was full of crying and laughing. That's and, right. Uh, you know, emotional sleep, which is kind of a new thing that's happening in baseball right now. Younger uh-huh. players who are willing to show their emotions that's as opposed right. to stoically chewing their tobacco. That's you know? right. <laughs> It's what baseball needs. I mean, baseball needs excitement. Uh, you know, we are in to you know to kind of tie our own media culture into this, uh, the Twitter culture, the quick twitch culture, uh, where we tend to have things come across our you know eyes every fifteen seconds, and you know it's one image in and you know out the uh, out the next, and you know we just kind of like in a, like in a quick assembly line of stuff. Baseball is a slow, deliberate game. And how do you make it exciting? Well, you know, they've tried speeding up the game. Maybe we need a pitch clock. Really, you ultimately need exciting guys to go right. watch the ballpark. And Jose Fernandez is one of those guys. Right. And, and the notion, I mean, I, I just love it when people say baseball is boring. Excuse yeah. me, excuse me. Every pitch is a scoring opportunity. That's right. Every single pitch. How, right. how many sports can you say that about? These people who watch soccer, which is, un, I'm sorry, <laughs> third world kickball is unwatchable. It is a 90-minute toothache on grass. How anyone... <laughs> And when you know eighty eighty five percent of the action happens where scoring is not even possible, right? No, no, no. I'll take baseball. But since we're talking about home runs mm-hmm. and a, a home run in Memorial, it's interesting. I mean, they do have this um, psychological power. They do have this storytelling mm-hmm. power because they end things or they define things. We had mm-hmm. two other huge home runs just in the last few days. Yeah. Tim Tebow, yes, the worst winningest quarterback in the NFL. Yes, the NFL. good way of describing. He him. went. Uh, he he. Uh, the Mets picked him up mm-hmm. for minor league baseball for real. Mm-hmm. According to the Mets, they say it's not a publicity stunt. And what did he do to validate this? So so he had his first instructional league game today, which you know baseball is a tiered system. So we talk about the minor leagues. There are actually several layers of the minor leagues. You have Triple A baseball. You have Double A baseball. And descending in the number of A's, it's kind of like credit scores, the worse that it gets, right. or bond ratings, rather. And eventually you get to the Mariners. And it, <laughs> actually, this year, my Cincinnati Reds. Um, but eventually you get down to the Instructional League. And apparently the first pitch, and it was the first at bat, but from what I heard, the first pitch, Tim Tebow, um, buff slugger that he is, I guess, <laughs> knocks one out of the park. And it's just like, is this guy for real? I mean, is he seriously doing stuff again? First pitch. First pitch. First pitch, he is paid to hit in his entire life, and he hits a home run. Tim Tebow, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I just, I don't seriously, the, uh, the, all the sports experts, I'm not a sports expert, uh-huh. I'm a casual fan, explain to me how Tebow was too slow for the NFL, mm-hmm. and he was too, you know, he didn't have the right size for the NFL, and then his style of play, he didn't have the arm to move the ball, mm-hmm. you know, fast enough, you know, uh, in the NFL. But, you know, he won almost every game mm-hmm. he played. I just don't – there's certain people that – look, if you're, if you're a winner, you're a winner. Right, right. right. And uh, and then uh, – so that's a that's a beginning uh, home run. Uh-huh. Vin Scully retires. What yes. is the last pitch that he calls 
as a uh, in his legendary career with the Dodgers. Well, I'll, I'll sit here and tell you, Michael Graham, as we sit here and talk <laughs> about one final home run potentially coming across the wonderful career that Vin Scully has had dating all the way back to Brooklyn when the Dodgers were still there in the 1950s. How does this guy never take breaths, by the way? It's know. astonishing to me. So it was Vin Scully, the great, I mean, he's the best baseball broadcaster of all time. And I think for my money, I, you can say Howard Cosell, who mm-hmm. did boxing and football. I think Vin Scully is the best broadcaster, period, of all time in the history of sports. Um, it was his final game as the voice of the uh, Dodgers in Dodger Stadium. He's still right. going to do an away game, uh, I think, next week is his official send-off. But this was his last one before the home fans. Um, great drama. The Dodgers could have clinched their division for the fourth consecutive year. Um, and they were down 3-2 going into the ninth inning. Um, their superstar shortstop hits a game-tying home run, and they go to the bottom half of the tenth inning. And we were talking about D. Gordon not being a power exactly. hitter. Eight home runs and 2,300 at-bats. In steps Charlie Culberson, this guy who's mostly a utility man, comes off the bench. He's hit, I think, five career home runs <laughs> and 400 at-bats. And Charlie Culberson wallops one into left field and... And I, and I think Scully's call was, was something along the lines of, hit far into left field, the Dodgers bench empties, would you believe a home run? And, and you know, every, and Vin, one of Vin Scully's great traits was that he always, he had that capacity to not talk. Exactly. He knew that the crowd could tell the story. Yep. And the ball, you know, by the time that Culberson was rounding third base, he just, sat back and watched like a fan. Mm-hmm. And that's what made him so great. He was like everybody else. And so his last home game, that's right. last pitch, that's right. last at-bat is a home run. How Why great, not? How great is that? I know. The magic of the home run. When people tell me baseball is boring, I always say, you just don't know what you're talking I about. I know. It's just... It is. It, it for me. It's still America's game. Of course, until uh, President Trump, right. you know, declares that uh, America's game will be Texas Hold'em. Yeah. So <laughs> or uh, golf, one or of golf, the two. or golf, yeah. one of the two. Anyway, thanks for that update, Chris Deaton here on the Weekly Standard podcast. And you know, you never have to miss another Weekly Standard podcast. You can subscribe at iTunes.com. It's absolutely free. Also, don't forget our other terrific podcast products over at PodcastOne.com, including the Crystal Clear podcast every. Friday. And thanks again to our sponsor, TommyJohn.com. 20% off your purchase, guys, with the promo code Weekly Standard. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Michael Graham.